seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. The Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. It's very hard to get your head around what Baltimore what it might have been like in the late 70s and early 80s. The cinema that was coming out of the region seems to sit most prominently with two people. John Waters, who none of his films are on the Video Nasties list, or indeed on this seizure list, section three. But the other prominent person who's making movies out there on absolutely fuck all money was uh, Don Dola, who um, created a remake, pseudo kind of sequel kind of thing to his first film, The Alien Factor. Made with friends and local actors um, on absolutely no money at all. The movie is a fun violent OTT film by uh, a, a filmmaker who clearly loves genre and creature features. Night Beast is ludicrously entertaining for two reasons. One, it knows what it's doing. Show the creature, show the gore, get in there fast. And two, because it has the most awkward sex scene I think I've ever seen in my life. another galaxy from another world comes the embodiment of fear what the hell was that night beast terror from beyond <laughs> a high-tech warrior from a distant planet a killing machine with a taste for human flesh. A community abandoned in a code of silence. Wicker never even called the state. They don't even know we have a bad situation here. A love affair. You know, you're a very attractive girl, Lisa. Two people brought together by the urgency of the moment. Two people torn apart by the savage fury of Night Beast. I'm sorry, Jamie. There was nothing that could be done. The most vicious creature to ever span the intergalactic void has come to pay its respects. This is the story of how the little people answer the big questions. that will change the face of modern science fiction cinema. Night Beast. Terror from beyond. When you watch late night, Friday night 
you know, midnight movies and you pick something up from the video shop and it promises for, as you can see from the monster on the cover, to be silly. You also want the thing to deliver. And Don Dola, who will go into quite a bit, who came as like a fan of genre and then turned into a filmmaker, certainly knew what he was doing on that front. So, born in Baltimore in 1946, he kind of became obsessed early with films when his mother bought him a film projector, apparently, um, and then kind of went into publishing. And he started very young, at the age of 15, and created Wild and Pro Junior. Um, so, Wild magazine was like a mad mad magazine style kind of thing um, but he reached and got some decent artwork man he got um, Art Spiegelman who um, created Mouse and uh, Skip Williamson who um, created who worked on lots of stuff like National Lampoon and uh, High Times and also uh, Jay Lynch as well who worked through the uh, kind of grew in the in the comics movement with a uh, Bijou Funnies and stuff like that. So um, really great kind of <laughs> testing ground and growth. Pro Junior was kind of like Wild Magazine's mascot. So while uh, Mad Magazine had Alfred D. Newman, um, I mean, the guy was fit, the lad was 15, so obviously, you know, <laughs> he created like Pro Junior as a, um, as a mascot. For, for his own fanzine as well, in, in, in kind of, let's say, homage. So Robert Crumb saw Pro Junior and decided to actually draw a comic about him. And as a result, that that moment kind of gave the, like, you know, this creation from Dola into a wider sphere and lots of underground comics artists um, worked on era interpretations of Pro Junior as well and that was published in a, in a separate comic in 1971 so Cine Magic was probably the other thing that he was best known for Dola before he gets into films and Cine Magic was a, um, a fan magazine around um, genre filmmaking um, and was impl- you know it's important right so like um, this, you know, it's it, it's it's as important to some filmmakers like J.J. Abrams or Tom Sullivan as you know Fangoria is to the current generation of uh, horror filmmakers. You know, it, it it is integral to their growth, and it kind of um, it takes its 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 ideas and some of its um, its thoughts from uh, from famous monsters um, of film land. As well, so it, it, it you know it is integral. He even wrote books on how to make films of film magic, the Fantastic Guide to Special Effects, uh, and a, a stop motion guide as well. All in the late seventies and early eighties. Um. So you know, he was busy. Now, when we get to his filmmaking, um, they tend to be more, um. Fun, extremely low budget, um, not necessarily the most thoughtful pieces, but certainly entertaining. He made The Alien Factor, uh, which is a B-movie from 1978, which again, he wrote, edited, produced and directed. 
and it is about a small town that gets besieged by three aliens that crash land. Now that story sounds very familiar if you've seen Night Beast, mainly because it's the same fucking story. Night Beast is the tale of a um, a, 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 a what does he look like? He's a wet-looking rubber monster with fucking a million teeth who um, was created by John Dodds. John Dodds probably most famous for the another monster with lots of teeth from the um, the classic B-movie, The Deadly Spawn. And um, the, the monster uh, is wearing what looks kind of like a silver metallic lame... Um, jumpsuit like maybe a biking suit like uh, something like you might see an evil Knievel type wear um, and then this massive rubber mask and uh, he he's, he's, he's quite happy flying in his spaceship we assume crash lands and then just goes fucking tear ass right across um, rural Baltimore um, straight away gets in there starts killing kids starts killing um, 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 starts using his laser pistol to uh, shoot at the police um, obviously it is unable to maintain that level of um, violence and tension for the entire film but certainly you know as an opening gambit A you see the monster always a good star and B that monster just absolutely starts ripping up trees um, from there it kind of settles down into a story of a um, a county sheriff called uh, Cinder who um tries to hunt down and kill the monster and it and it you know it does what it does i mean it there are if i'm being honest and I, i'm gonna be um this sound this is gonna sound very favorable the film does have echoes of the thing from another world the old um howard hawks film in the sense that there is a monster somewhere out there in a relatively isolated location or certainly not as isolated as um as antarctica and that monster is, uh, and you know, you you get some stuff with um, using electricity and that kind of thing to kind of get rid of the the baddie, as it were. Unsurprisingly, perhaps from what I've just said in the budget and how it's made, you know, people from the local area are coming in to take part in the film. It's not the. It's quite wooden, you know. It's for as a drama, it's a little bit uh, rather. Even even though you know the the clearly um, it's made with a lot of love. And quite a bit of you know um, understanding in terms of what makes a good action horror film. So you know the film has a cast of characters that are basically reprising variations on the characters that they played in the Alien Factor. Though it's not really a sequel, but it kind of is. As you said, um, you know the film was. Um, the monster was created by uh, John Dodds, who, um, you know, obviously has done worked in all sorts of stuff, you know, whether that be um, Night Beast, The Deadly Spawn, Spookies as well, which is uh, brilliantly getting a, uh, has a great new Blu-ray release, which I would recommend if you have not seen it before. It, for Spookies is wild as a film anyway, um, but the documentary around how it, how it was created and, and the tensions and all that. Absolutely brilliant. And Dodds obviously goes on to, to greater things, working on things like Ghostbusters 2, Death Becomes a, um, Santa Claus, 
uh, X Files and Poltergeist Free. So um, you know he's he's kind of moved moved on to to, to to certainly different things than this. What I would say about the monster is, despite being very you know obviously clearly a man in a rubber suit, nothing wrong with that necessarily. You know, with teeth and eyes and pinky nose, it looks cool. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of the fact that it's clearly what it is, we, you know, um, it, it does look good. The film also supposedly features J.J. Um, Abrams, who worked on the film as a 16-year-old. Uh, Abrams came away with Dola from these articles in the local magazine, Cinemagic, and um, Dola and Abrams talked to each other. And Dola asked Abrams if he'd be interested in you know working on some of the score of the film. So um, Abrams obviously lives in L.A., does some music and say basically sends it to him in the post. There you go. That'll do you. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one, no 16-year-old's flying all the way to Baltimore for a $14,000 movie, you know. The fucking, the airplane cost will probably cost more than the budget. I mean, the the thing is, right, so, yeah, it's cheap, right? And, like, I've said, yeah, it's fun. And, like, I've, I haven't really got into, like, the, the awkward sex scene. And I kind of understand why this, I mean, it's... Fucking hell! Those are two people that you do not expect to see in a with the, the boobs, you know, with the naked, you know, in a in any film. Um, and I think the thing is that it's clearly that the decision's been made that you know if this is going to work, it needs to be gory, it needs to go straight off the bat, and probably from a purely cynical point of view, some some nudity would would, would be handy, and that's what they go for. So, but can you imagine like these aren't like you know people from a casting agency there's people down the street who are doing it as a favour oh can you take your top off as well ah well I don't know about that so what we get is this very wooden sex scene with two people kind of eyeing each other going oh we're going to do this okay then <laughs> kind of face and it it sits wonderfully in the middle of the film and kind of actually you know I would say argue improves it <laughs> and Dola goes on to make you know films like Blood Massacre, Fiend, The Galaxy. There is all stuff that, you know, sits temporarily as a, as a film. It takes a break, then comes back with Alien Rampage. Um, this is all straight to video stuff, and it's fun, right? Um, Adola actually dies in 2006, and then his life is chronicled in a documentary called Blood, Boobs, and Beast. Um, that was released a year after. Um, we, you know, I think I do this a lot when I talk about films on the list like you know the real story about this film isn't about a rubber masked man it's about this person who had this dream and um and made it happen dola isn't like he's not andy milligan you know what i mean he's not a he's not a surprisingly awful person perhaps who uh, falls into like making films and, and just doesn't know what else to do he you know he he makes film because he loves films and he loves genre films and he loves monster movies and that is clear from Night Beast if only because that is a film that really wants to be a 1950s sci-fi film it really wants to be the trashy um, B movies from that time you know Man in a Rubber Suit rocks up you know it has no higher aspirations than to be just fun you know, this is not like, I think, the, you know, if you think about, you know, William Griffey, right? And like that box set that I did a while ago, um, I don't know, it was last year now, I think. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all like Floridian um, stuff, you know. Um, they're all on Arrow Player if you, if you want to check it out. 
just go to Sting of Death and then watch the doc out. And the rest of it ain't great. But like he is a very complicated man and um uh, and not necessarily somebody, you know, you'd want to make a film with sometimes. He's quite aggressive and you know, he just wants to make a movie and make some money and fucking yeah, you know, let's make it, you know, and, and, and that some of that kind of exploitation violent style to it comes out in his films. I'm not sure that's the case with with with, with um Don Dola. I think Dola is far more excitable around the film is it excitable you know he wants to write about these films because he loves them he wants to make these films because he wants to make them and he wants them to be like the thing from another world you know not necessarily the thing um although unsurprisingly if you're going to go for people having their entrails ripped out (laughs) at the start of your movie you might get into a bit of trouble with the authorities and indeed, it was the case with Night Beast in the UK, seized almost certainly off the ba- the basis of this early um, scene of you know this this early like you know they kill the kids, people get ripped themselves ripped apart. It's quite bloody and violent. It's all very rubbery, but you know in the bounds of and certainly considerably more violent that you would see in a nineteen fifties film. But at the same time, the tone, the thing, you know, even elements of like. You know, the, the monster gets attacked with electricity and that kind of stuff, which really, and like, you know, the, there's a scene in, in a basement where um, they, they, they throw water on the ground and, uh, you know, to try and dry, you know, to, 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 to attack the monster. It really feels like the bit in the thing from another world when he's coming towards in the corridor, regardless of the fact that, um, it's not of that, it's not that type of, you know, it's not that kind of quality of film, you know, um, it's still, though, fantastically wonderful. And, you know, think of it like this, right? Dola makes the alien factor, right? Then he makes it in 76, right? Then he makes Night Beast in 82, which is kind of a remake of that alien factor. Then he goes back in 99 and makes Alien Rampage, which is the alien factor too. And then he makes... You know, he's made Blood Massacre in 91. Then he revisits Blood Massacre in 2001 with Harvesters. The man's a genius, or he's a saying. Um, I don't know which sometimes, but, you know, he, he really... He loves the stories he's making, and he loves revisiting them, certainly. And I don't know, man. It's like the, the, the Baltimore stuff as well. In my head. Like, because, you know, you think like... You know, when you talk about Baltimore, you know, you might think about... You know, the Oreos with the team. You might think of the wire. Um, for me, Baltimore is, you know, divine John Waters doing all that crazy shit in the 70s. And to a, in fairness, lesser extent, Dola probably down the road in a farmhouse, um, persuading like a local theatre actress maybe to take her top off for a couple of seconds, if that's okay. I know it's a bit awkward. I know I see you at the store every day. Uh, while a mo- some, some fella is putting on a silver metallic jumpsuit and his big, massive fucking rubber helmet and is going to go out there and create a monster movie that will absolutely smash it in terms of entertainment value, if not for acting or dramatic chops. Nightpiece got a cinema release in, in 1983 um, with an X certificate and then uh, was, 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 was released on video um, and then um, 
was pulled uh, entirely because of, 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 of police um, grabbing, pulling it off the shelves, um, understandably because they, they saw the the first ten minutes of it, um, uh, but then got a uh, a release on uh, on DVD in in nineteen ninety six. Um, I wish I could give you more information, but the BBFC website is fucking shite now, um, and it's the without going into their archives, it's the only way to get information quickly and easily. Um, what the fuck do you want? Um, the film has had a release in the US with Troma. And uh, that is where I would go if I were you and I wanted to watch it. Um, it occasionally pops up on streaming services. I knew, I know it was on Amazon Prime last year. It isn't currently. Uh, but nonetheless, if you can get a copy of it, uh, I would recommend it. It's, uh, it's certainly got entertainment value. So thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is vijaynastypodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter. It's at orange underscore monkey. Or go to the website, vijaynastypodcast.com or thelasthourpodcast.com, where all the podcasts are. Um, next week, we go yet again into the world of Jess Franco with Oasis of the Zombies. Not Franco's best, um, but, you know, there's stuff in there to talk about. Um it's one of those um, ones where, you know, Franco might be a little, a little bit bored. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Let's not get too harsh on it. Anyway, until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, You've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.